Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, hello and welcome to episode number 97. Going to start with the news in information security. Looks like WPA2 might be broken in some sort of major way. Uh, looks like some issues with key exchange um, that are that are going to cause some major flaws in wireless for quite some time. The exact details are not fully published, but a number of vendors already have some fixes out. So basically, an attacker could use this flaw, which is actually not in a vendor implementation, but in the actual WPA2 standard. And uh, it allows an attacker to extract information from uh, wireless sessions. So if you're not protected in other ways, like through encryption, then you could be vulnerable to this. So any place that's using public wireless, um, any place you're using public uh, wireless or home wireless or whatever, where um, you could be vulnerable to sniffing, you need to watch out for this and you should try and update your stuff as soon as possible. I'm sure whatever company you work at will be working on this as well because it's even more important there in most cases. But uh, yeah, the upshot seems to be eavesdropping on your wireless traffic and extracting the data. So this will probably be a big deal when it finally comes out fully um, and the details are announced, uh, the couple of people who've been working on it actually did preliminary research and talked about it a little bit at Black Hat. And then I think they're releasing the full paper now, but they've already talked to the vendors and, uh, there should be lots of firmware updates coming out. So you want to apply those as soon as possible. Vulnerability in Subaru key fobs allows attackers to steal vehicles and lock out the owner due to the use of predictable codes. The researcher Tom Wimenhove also showed how to actually build the car stealing device, which costs around $25 to make. Container ships are basically floating ICS systems. Uh, it was kind of a funny quip. Uh, they said the only thing worse than container security is container ship security uh, because they're basically floating ICS systems that are now basically currently or constantly connected to the internet. And so one researcher has basically found a bunch of them on Shodan and says that they often use default or weak credentials. Seems like a major issue. I mean, because they're so large, they're full of so much cargo. I mean, it has to be millions of dollars, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars on some of these uh, cargo ships on just a single one. Um, and there was actually an incident, it sounds like, where uh, a, a ship was tilting. And... Uh, it turned out that the system had been hacked. Uh, the ICS system that controlled, you know, uh, tilt was actually hacked. 
And he said basically, yeah, well, hacked is a strong word because it was probably like admin one, two, three, four for the credentials for the system. And if it's connected to the internet, you have Shodan, it's just a bad situation. So I think we'll probably hear more about that over time. The DOD has confirmed that an Australian defense firm was hacked and the attacker stole classified data on the F-35 fighter jet, the U.S. fighter jet. Evidently popped a public-facing server and used uh, shared credentials to move laterally once they were inside. The malware they used was looks to be the uh, China Chopper, which has been used by a number of Chinese hackers in the past, but that's no guarantee of attribution. And uh, Accenture got caught with uh, their S3 buckets down. Um, kind of a plan, pants down. It was better in print. Uh, all right. But uh, basically, a bunch of stuff got disclosed. Uh, sensitive keys, credentials, customer data, including potentially up to like 40,000 plaintext passwords who might have been, can't really tell, uh, they couldn't tell if they were um, Accenture employees, probably Accenture customers, not really sure, but a bunch of passwords, like 40,000 of them in clear text. Um, at this point, the stories are kind of, I don't know, when I hear them, I kind of like, uh, you know, I'm laughing because it keeps happening, but it's kind of sad because it keeps happening. I mean, if you're in charge of one of these programs, you know, how do you not know where your stuff is? It's, it's just a massive problem, asset management, not knowing what you have on Amazon, what S3 buckets are facing the internet. Like this is just, should be your, one of your top priorities immediately is getting a list of everything you have facing the internet, especially giant databases of content that are facing the internet that you might have that are misconfigured. And Amazon has a tool for this, which you should go and look into. It will tell you if you have open permissions on S3 buckets that are, that are bound to public IP addresses. So please, if you are, have any sort of uh, control over your organization this way, definitely go and do this if you haven't already. Hyatt Hotels has had its second breach in two years. They said their cybersecurity team found signs of <clears throat> unauthorized access of payment information at certain Hyatt managed locations. I would tell you to change your credit cards, but that wouldn't really matter. This is basically the new normal. And Google is nerfing their home minis, which is like their home assistant device because they were deployed in an always listen mode. And uh, some, some person figured this out and went public about it. I can't imagine Amazon or Apple making this mistake, but I could definitely imagine it being made by Facebook or Google, which is why I won't be putting any home assistance made by them in any house that I care about. Forrester had a data breach on its website, allowing attackers to steal the content it provides to its customers. The PR release was actually quite good. Uh, maybe not a great security, uh, release, but it basically said we're managing the constant balance between functionality and security, and we will continue to revise that evaluation as, you know, <laughs> threats change, right, in the IT world. And I, I thought it was a really smart response. 
Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, and Northrop Grumman all lack HTTPS on their main websites. I find this startling. Obviously, the main website is not where you would hopefully go and share sensitive information, but if anyone's going to not be you know, caught up with the fact that more than 50% of sites have HTTPS, these should not be in the less than 50% list, right? This, uh, they, they should have been the first to, to jump on HTTPS for the websites. It's just amazing that trust-based organizations wouldn't do this. <clears throat> um, technology news, the Microns project conducted through Baylor, CMU, Harvard, and Princeton, and IARPA, which is U.S. government-funded research for like super interesting projects, are looking to spend $100 million to reverse engineer the brain once and for all. Uh, Alibaba is doubling its R&D spend to $5 billion, but that is less than a third of what Amazon is spending. You should fear Amazon. Like, I don't care if you make toilet paper or airplanes or ketchup, I don't, whatever you make, you should be afraid of anyone spending more than $15 billion on R&D who's willing to fail and is actually shipping projects, um, actually shipping products, right? It's just crazy how much money they're spending. They're actually, they just randomly get into home assistance with Alexa and, um, they lead that market. They're leading Amazon or they're leading Microsoft. They're leading Google. They're leading Apple. And they just, they're an e-commerce site who also happens to have the best cloud infrastructure. And they just randomly got into home assistance. It's because they're spending over $15 billion, billion with a B on R&D. And they move fast. They make mistakes. They try things. They move on like this it's just uh, crazy how, how effective they are at uh, competition. Um, Bitcoin has topped $5,700, $5,700 for a single Bitcoin. It is absolutely blowing up. I just looked at Ethereum. It was like 300 and something dollars. Cryptocurrency definitely moving quick. Um, Human news, a startup in Silicon Valley. Oh, this is a major story. Got to pay attention to this. Uh, I have a lot of friends, a lot of people online, a lot of people in InfoSec dealing with depression. And a startup in Silicon Valley, um, headed by a researcher who actually, you know, is a Stanford trained uh, psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm not sure what, what their training is, but definitely a medical professional in um trained at Stanford, is trying a new revolutionary approach to dealing with depression. And they basically are building a chatbot. And what you do is you text to this chatbot with your feelings like nobody remembers me on my birthday or nobody remembers me or nobody cares about me. And the bot responds back with like pertinent descriptions of the feelings that you're experiencing. So it'll tell you, oh, you're experiencing this and, you know, here's how to counteract that feeling. Um, so the entire methodology is based around the idea that it's not what happens to us, but how we react to what happens to us that actually matters. So 
I find a really interesting corollary with this with security, right? Because I've been talking for years about the fact that, you know, risk is probability times impact. And we can only do so much to reduce probability. It's all about managing the impact. And this methodology for dealing with depression is the same way. It's it's going to say basically, yeah, these things always happen. Bad things are going to happen. You know, friends are not going to call you. People are going to miss your birthday. Like all these things are going to happen. But let's work on how we deal with <clears throat> when they do happen, as opposed to trying to prevent them or, or being upset when they do happen. Um, and I'm sure that's a dramatic simplification, but I think this concept of resilience is key. Resilience, uh, I, I think in this mental health uh, area around depression, um, I really like this idea. So you're basically interacting with someone who can always tell you when you're steering off the wrong path of thought. So you text in your thought and it's like negative or, or, or nasty or self-hate um, oriented, and it pulls you back on course by telling you, yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. So really cool research. Um, I look forward to what they uh, put out in the future. A 50 to 100 foot asteroid just flew within around 27,000 miles of Antarctica. Uh, how hard does an asteroid like that hit if it were to land on earth? Turns out it would be around 30 Hiroshima's. So 30 nuclear bombs worth of impact. This is similar to the one that hit, uh, Siberia recently and like leveled, uh, it was felt like a thousand miles away and just like leveled trees. Um, just 50 to hundred feet, um, very small piece of rock and, devastating if it hit the earth, but evidently we saw it coming. We watched it go by, um, kind of a near miss, but pretty cool. 61% of California inmates released from prison come back within three years. If the inmate does any sort of educational program while in their chances of recidivism drops by 43%. And if they do any college work while they're in it drops by 51%. Also people given probation are less likely to reoffend than those sent to prison. These are crazy numbers, like just crazy numbers. Like it seems like we would just mandate that people do education. I guess you can't do that because they won't attend or they won't pay attention. I guess it's the fact that they're purposely trying to do the education is what, you know, it, it's, it's a filter for people who are less, you know, who actually want to improve their lives. So I, I guess that's the reason for the numbers, but um, very strong numbers. And also seems like probation would save the state a lot of money because you're not housing them. And if the numbers are actually better, um, I, I guess the issue is if you do do something while you're out, you know, then you can make the case that, well, they should have been inside. So there's probably political backlash to that, but very interesting numbers regardless. Tokyo is the safest city in the world, followed by Singapore, Osaka, Toronto, and Melbourne. Melbourne, Melbourne. Um, a new M1 tank model is now equipped with smart rounds that can be automatically programmed to perform four different functions, piercing armor, penetrating a wall, anti-air, or shrapnel. I know this is very war and sort of, you know, I don't know seems weird to have war-based things and um, 
the human section, but I was in the military. I still find weapons kind of interesting. I hate what they do and I, I wish they weren't necessary, but um, basically the idea here is that the person inside the tank used to have to select and choose from like lots of different rounds based on what was needed. And so there's lots of decisions being made. And the whole idea for any sort of process like this, especially in the military, is you want it to be fast, you want it to be simple, and you don't want to have a lot of thought going into things, right? So what you could do now is basically just always select the same round and simply automatically change the round via computer uh, before it goes out to do all these different functions. So one round instead of four makes logistics way easier um, and, and the choices for the actual operator. So that was pretty cool, as cool as it can be, um, given the fact it's based on hurting people. But that is my uh, love for weapons and tech and gadgets conflicting with my uh, liberal side of not wanting war. So that is that. Um, American households are massively changing with increasing numbers of unmarried and non-family households. And the non-family ones are uh, going up the fastest. I actually have a few friends who live with multiple families and it's just kind of like sharing location. Uh, ideas. Russia is trying to destroy America and here's how they will do it. That is an essay I just wrote. It was a bit heavy. Um, got heavier as I was writing it. And uh, I do recommend you read that. My three essential podcasts, I'll just tell you what they are. They are Risky Business, which is an InfoSec podcast. A16Z, which is a tech trends podcast. And Waking Up by Sam Harris, which is basically an intellectual podcast around like a whole bunch of different stuff, whatever he happens to be thinking about at the time. He basically schedules a bunch of guests. He talks about uh, religion, tech, politics, spirituality, all sorts of stuff. Um, so basically it covers InfoSec. Those three cover InfoSec, technology, and um, basically intellectualism um, uh, on lots of different topics, which I just realized kind of maps to my over underlying theme of the website and the podcast, which is InfoSec, tech, and humans. So um, that is an interesting mapping I just now realized. But yeah, those uh, those are the three. I actually listened to like 10 different podcasts, but those three are really good. Um, and of course, I have my own InfoSec podcast, which, which you're listening to now. Um, and people are like, well, don't mention your favorite InfoSec podcast because they might click on it and they might listen to it instead of yours. And I say, if they do, then that's fine. Um, ideally, you would listen to both. Um, and mine does have more of a mix. It's not purely InfoSec. So um, hopefully that won't happen. But if it does, then it should happen. So I, I feel obliged to make the recommendation regardless. Um, my approach to feminism. This is a uh, interesting political piece. Uh, talks about uh, some of the issues that have been raised recently and basically talks about how you shouldn't have to choose between conflicting truths 
when maybe multiple truths are happening at the same time. Um, I would recommend you read that. And if you are close to the issue of feminism because you, um, you are a woman working in tech or you're a woman working in some sort of industry where you face this a lot, or you just have any uh, sort of strong felt opinions about the piece, I would love to hear from you. Uh, definitely email me uh, so we could sort of talk through it. I would love to see if I'm wrong about anything there. I, I think the conclusion and the, the ultimate statement is actually quite uncontroversial, but uh, I would love to hear any opinions about it. And uh, it's time to let go of our data. This is an essay I just did last week, basically saying that the P is in the pool, our data is out, the NSA has been hacked, CIA has been hacked, Equifax hacked, OPM, all of our data is out there. We can't change our social security number, we can't change our date of birth, and we need to start thinking about living in a world where everyone has our data, like the old days of the phone book. Everyone knew where you lived, everyone had your phone number, everyone knew your name. And uh, that's kind of the case now, and we need to move to a system where we authenticate transactions um, using more of a composite. And I think as a result of that, there'll be lots of different things that authenticate you to do something like buying a house or getting a credit card or doing something. And I think another element that's gonna be added is a physical visual validation that you are you, right? Um, and because of this, I think notaries are going to get a lot more popular um, just, just because, you know, it, it'll be a person with a level of trust who is validating that you are in fact you. And of course, they're looking at your passport, your driver's license or whatever. They're saying, yeah, this person is actually standing in front of me. This really is this person. Good to go. And I think that is going to become an increasingly common component to allowing a transaction to occur especially the more sensitive ones. Uh, Tesla seems to be in danger of getting passed by traditional car makers. This is really weird. Um, there's like this wisdom in, in the Silicon Valley that says that it's not necessarily the first company that comes up with an idea that ends up winning, right? It's often someone who sees it, gets really hungry and sort of watches and readjusts and then comes uh, with something better or does that same idea at scale. And the big car makers, you know, uh, GM and Ford and all them, they're basically, they saw the threat of Tesla and now Tesla is struggling to make their Model 3. Well, who's really good at making lots of cars? GM and Ford, right? And now it looks like they're committing, they're going all in on electric, they're going all in on, uh, it looks like they're going quite a bit in on automation of cars. So they are a threat to Tesla. Uh, if Tesla can't move quickly, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, an injection of bad options can help people make better decisions. Uh, really cool idea. I was listening to one of the Sam Harris podcasts recently, and he had a guy on who was working on a bot system that shows up in random conversations and injects noise um, in various ways. What they found is that noise can actually improve the, the quality of the conversation. Because if someone comes in and says, hey, you should just do this, both sides will be like, no, that's dumb. That, that won't work because of this. Oh, and, and that revelation of correcting this noise 
pulls them into a tighter, tighter course, um, you know, a better way of approaching the problem they were trying to solve. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Randomly inject noise into a process so that the human agents, you know, uh, tighten up their approach. Um, pretty cool. Discovery, how Israel caught Russian hackers scouring the world for U.S. secrets. So basically, Israel hacked Kaspersky uh, a while back. Looks like it was in 2015, I think. And they basically told the NSA, yeah, you're, you're owned. Um, we're watching them install their software on your systems and extract secrets. Uh, I'm not sure if that means NSA systems or just a bunch of U.S. systems, but they basically said, you are definitely owned. We have owned Kaspersky and we see this happening, just giving you a heads up. And that's why you, we've heard all this stuff around the, uh, the U.S. government uh, not trusting Kaspersky. For one, it's a Russian company owned by Russians. So when you have a uh, totalitarian government, it's pretty easy for the government to go to them and say, yeah, you will install this back door. I think we talked about this last week, but um, this is direct evidence, direct uh, stuff coming out of Israel saying, yeah, they told us we were, um, that Kaspersky was hacked and that, that the Russian government was actively using it to steal U.S. secrets. So really cool piece, uh, New York Times piece there uh, you should check out. Firmware analysis for IoT devices. This is a good technical write-up on how to do firmware analysis on uh, different types of systems. The 2017 best of information is beautiful. Data visualizations candidates. These are fantastic. Um, almost every single one of them was really cool. One of them was um, a, a visual chart of death in Game of Thrones. That was kind of fun. But... Um, you should definitely check that out. Uh, you should learn regex. This is a really cool um, description of uh, basic regex, uh, regex and how to match like different things like names and dates and times and stuff like that. Um, someone's favorite books to sell after 20 years of owning a bookstore. I have this tab open. I'm going to be going through that. Uh, a visualization of the time it takes to crack a password using different character types. This is really, oh, it's not just different character types. It's also character lengths. So basically it, it talks about it, you know, a phrase, especially with a couple of special characters, you could quickly move from a short password being like five minutes to crack to a, a longer sentence with a few special characters in it being like when the sun burns out. And that's what this chart is basically showing you that adding a little bit, especially with special characters and like a phrase versus just a, a, a passcode or a password can make a massive difference. We're, we're talking about basically, you know, exponents, powers of 10 in the time it takes to, uh, to crack. So cool link. Uh, dangers of CSV injection. How the CIA recruits academics using fake conferences the missing career path for technical experts, technical interview performance by editor, OS, and language, and robots disallowed. I think I talked about this before, but um, I've upgraded my robots disallowed project. It helps you find juicy content during web assessments. 
not only reran the Alexa 100,000 to create the updated list, but I also rewrote the code, reorganized the code quite a bit um, using this uh, thing called ripgrep instead of grep. So it's really fast, uh, really good search um, tool for Linux. Notes for this week. Um, I basically redid my website. I've been wanting to do this forever. It's now live. If you're into design at all, or just want to give me feedback, I would really appreciate it. Uh, the big focus was on having the content be the center of attention, right? So I got rid of the sidebar completely. Um, I also focused heavily on typography. So I, 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 um, brought the column in. So it's, it's a thinner column. It's e easier to read. It's a little bit larger and heavier um, equity font, which is the custom font from Matthew Butterick that I purchased a while back for the site. But I made it a bit um, heavier and easier to read, a little bit larger. And um, actually did a side-by-side -side comparing it to Medium to like to see what people liked or whatever. A lot of people said they liked the Medium one. Uh, a lot of people said they liked the new one, uh, made some adjustments based on that. But... Um, I would love to hear any feedback for anyone who's design oriented or just wants to give some uh, thoughts on what they think of it. Uh, spent a week in Maui, was super cool. Got to hang out with uh, my buddy Jeremiah. Uh, spent like 10 hours in the ocean, got lots of sun with suntan lotion, of course. And uh, yeah, it was just really rejuvenating to spend time in the water and the sun when I'm normally just on a computer. And uh, while I was there, I spent some time reading Bertrand Russell's The Conquest of Happiness. I'm going to be finishing it hopefully soon and doing a summary for it. But uh, some of the quotes are just really fantastic. It actually talks a lot about depression, talks about boredom, talks about anxiety, talks about why people aren't happy. And kind of the crux of it is there's not something to pursue because life is so easy in the air quotes, modern world which is hilarious because he's writing in 1930. And he's like, yeah, everything's so modern. Everything's automatically done for you. Can you imagine how much worse it is now uh, versus 1930? I mean, that's almost 100 years. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I also updated my support page and I'm now using a different membership service. So the payment processing is still done through Stripe, which is like my favorite uh, payment processor. Uh, I got a bunch of friends over there. They do a really good job, but I mostly like the UX and UI. It's just a really clean. Um, it's, it's a much cleaner sort of pop-up, like one entry. It's got Apple Pay support, um, all kinds of stuff. But um, basically, they're now just two plans. I, I had a bunch of plans before. There's basically just two now. <clears throat> um, it's membership for $10 a month or $100 a year and mentorship for $100 a month or $1,000 a year. And um, the difference is mentorship, you're basically helping support the site. I just did a calculation of how much it costs, how much I'm spending on like running the site and doing the podcast and stuff. It is a ridiculous amount of money. It's it's close. It's getting close to $1,000. I'm not going to say the actual number because it's embarrassing, but it's getting close to $1,000 a month that I'm spending doing everything. Um, so membership for the $10 a month is basically helping uh, support that kind of stuff. And then the mentorship is where I'm actually offering um, mentorship 
usually around InfoSec, but I've actually done a couple around other types of careers. And really it could be life in general, right? What I'm helping do is build like a methodology. What are your goals? How are we going to achieve those goals? And then we interact via email and we actually do a few calls a year as well um, to basically make sure you're on track to accomplish those goals that we set out. So that's what mentorship is, basically getting you, getting you into InfoSec or a career um, or just accomplishing goals. Um, and that's for the $100 a month or $1,000 a year, which is um, both of those, if you do the yearly, is two months off. I'm also announcing right now that um, if you are a woman trying to get into InfoSec or you are military or former military trying to get into InfoSec, um, I'm going to offer the mentorship level at an additional 20% discount. Um, and you could just email me, which is daniel at danielmeister.com, and I'll give you a discount code and it'll be 20% off. But I want to uh, help uh, people in the military and also women have a have a hard time getting into InfoSec. It could be a hostile environment. So I, I want to give extra help there as well. Uh, recommendations for this week. Um, you should be listening to these three podcasts. Um, that I talked about them already, but Risky Business uh, with uh, Patrick Gray, just a fantastic uh, InfoSec podcast. Um, he always has guests on. He has sponsors on. Uh, so it's a di completely different format than um, a lot of other podcasts. Definitely a lot different than this one. But um, he's just really smart. Um the, the news section is really good. It's just a fantastic podcast. Uh, the other one is A16Z. It's like tech, new tech coming out. Uh, usually it's really cutting edge stuff, big data, that kind of stuff, uh, machine learning, really cool stuff. Um, it's an investment company basically. So they talk about, sometimes they talk about the companies they're investing in um, and they have those people on as guests. And then um, the third one is the Waking Up by Sam Harris, which is just lots of different, intellectual pursuits. So you should definitely, I think, be uh, listening to those three. Uh, get ready to upgrade your wireless infrastructure at work and at home and to help your loved ones do the same. This, this WPA2 issue is going to be major. It's going to take months to roll out. So you want to, uh, you want to secure your, your uh, businesses, your home and your loved ones uh, as much as you can. And, um, Oh, yeah, there's a set of personal computer security recommendations that I'm linking to here that you can give to your loved ones. So it's like what to do with your laptop, what to do with your computer, how to set up your wireless, um, how to do, you know, um, smartphone security, all, all that kind of stuff. It actually reminds me of a project by um, InfoSec Taylor Swift, which I should probably go and find a link to. I'll probably do that in another, another newsletter. But um it's basically for someone who doesn't know what to do to get started or whatever, you can give them this GitHub project. It's got a bunch of check boxes and uh, they could be off and running. And the aphorism for the week, two people can never go to each other's funerals. Two people can never go to each other's funerals. Um, the uh, <laughs> This was from Reddit. And it's not really a normal aphorism, like it's not a little piece of wisdom. It's something to think about. Um, but the Reddit um, thread that I got this from, the very first comment, of course, um, was 
Well, if you didn't come to mind, I'm definitely not going to his. Thought that was pretty good. That is it for this week, and I'll see you next time. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.